Hi all, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Open House. We're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all, because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy. We believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. If you love this episode today, please do share on social media and tag us at Open House Life, as well as tagging Dr. Tari and I. Stay tuned as well at the end of the episode where you can get your hands on a discounted relationship reading with Dr. Tari by being an open house listener. Very soon we're going to be launching an amazing suite of workshops, courses and so much more for you to enjoy under the open house umbrella. But until then, this relationship reading is the perfect way for you to look forward rather than get stuck in the past. Now into the episode and it's a juicy one. Hi Tari, welcome back. Hi Louise. Yay, so happy we're doing this again every week. It just gets better and better. Hi, everyone that's listening. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Today, we are discussing why do people cheat and the psychology behind cheating. We're going to be talking all things Cardi B and Offset, one of the most tumultuous relationships out there. She is, uh, yeah, she's an interesting character. And more specifically, we're going to be going through why do people cheat the psychology behind cheating, my own personal experiences with infidelity, the things that increase the risk of cheating in a relationship, the traits of serial cheaters, and understanding the connection between cheating, self-esteem, and more. Are you ready to do this? So ready. Amazing. Okay, so what we'll do as ever with these open heart episodes when we're discussing a celebrity couple, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a rundown on the background of their story, just in case you aren't familiar with it. So Cardi B and Offset, two music artists, they have had the most insane journey so far. Ever since they started dating, they have been plagued by these rumors of infidelity, particularly, and I think only actually from his side. So, you know, suggesting that he has been very unfaithful. It first started in January 2018, when he was not only accused of being unfaithful, but was also accused of sleeping with another woman and making a sex tape. Just to add a little bit of insult to injury there. (laughs) Uh, And unfortunately, she didn't uh, stay away. She actually got pregnant later that year. They then broke up in December 2018, which is when the very romantic and slightly gratuitous gestures started of Offset trying to win Cardi B back. I roll from both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, he apologised on Instagram for being a, quote, selfish, messed up husband. And then later, when that didn't work, he asked for forgiveness on stage in front of a crowd at a Rolling Loud concert that she was playing at, where he pulled out a huge sign of roses saying, take me back. They got back together uh, and then later that year, divorce was announced after more rumours. They've got a child together now called Culture with a K and um, they are back together. So she confirmed that on an Instagram live earlier this year. And that is the rundown of Cardi B and Offset. So it must be very difficult being in the public eye. Like I really do understand that. But I think that I like to think that mistakes happen not sure I'm saying that with much conviction and we're definitely (laughs) going to get into that together but I do like to think that in like a conscious partnership 
ideally you would avoid it ever happening but if it was to happen maybe it could be worked through um that's obviously me explaining that in a very rational state in reality (laughs) would that happen from my side probably not I'd be doing like a throw your laptop out the window and like smash your car up (laughs) (laughs) that says more about me um so yeah over to you Dr Tari I guess my first question for you is like what is going on here what is the psychology of cheating why do people cheat yeah. Well, a couple things that you just mentioned, I think we're going to do our next episode on, right? Like, why do we stay with cheaters? Why do we continue to pick partners who are likely to cheat? And if you are going to stay with somebody who cheats on you, under what specific circumstances could that work? And I'm really excited to do that episode. This episode, back to your question, is really about why people cheat. So I'm really excited to dive into that. So really there's four reasons why people cheat. The first one is a big area and I want to dive into that. And it's because there's a character issue. When I say a character issue, I mean, people have these kind of ingrained characteristics to their personalities. They have patterns of behavior that are not likely to change. They're pretty resistant to change. And so let's talk about the characteristics of serial cheaters, because a lot of times we end up with the same type of partner and those partners are partners who are likely to cheat on us. The first reason people cheat is because they have a character issue, namely narcissistic personality. They don't have to have full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, but they have narcissistic features. So some of the key features of narcissists are a lack of empathy for other people. A They're focused on their own needs. So they're very self-focused. They have a deep insecurity, which is often masked by this grandiose personality right? So they're super charming. They appear to be super confident, but that's really just masking a deep sense of insecurity. And they also are, they have very superficial relationships and avoid intimacy. So we see some of these features and offset, right? So like the grandiose gestures, the charming, really, what does that mean? It doesn't mean much. And so narcissists, are often chronic cheaters because they don't have the empathy. They don't understand the impact on their partners. They don't really care. That is so interesting because I feel like my, um, a very close friend of my mom has just gone through this situation where they have many children together and he's just been cheating on her for years. Like, and she finally, she finally, finally ended it and, and got out of there. And, you know, all the children knew about this over all the years and the poor children, like, they're just I can't even imagine what it would do to them being the child of that and I'm, we're actually going to come to that later in the episode in terms of how cheating can either you know affect you as a child and, and through into adulthood and I feel like he just had just no remorse like no no feelings of being sorry and then he literally just jumped straight into a relationship with someone else and bought a house with her and I just I just and he like, will do the same thing to her Interesting. He will do the same thing to her. I mean, this kind of character pathology does not change. Oh, it doesn't. So if you're dating a narcissist, you really should just get out of there right now. Yes. I mean, people bring their narcissistic partners to me or, you know, in the past when I would do couples therapy, they're never going to change. All they try to do is just charm the therapist. They will never look at themselves. Personality disorders are 
very resistant to treatment of any kind, but we fall for the grandiose gestures, the words, right? They're so charismatic, right? Like, I feel like, yeah, we've all come across a narcissist at some point and they just always seem to be like the handsome, charming, like got it all together. And actually they're just like really actually awful. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of narcissists are sociopaths, which is another character style that is a chronic cheater. You can be both narcissist and sociopath or are you one or the other? No, they, they pair well together. So you can be both. And socio (laughs) sociopathy um, is marked by deceitfulness, manipulation, and a lack of remorse. So sociopaths, you know, these are the people that live double lives. They have multiple partners. They are chronic liars. They have, again, just like narcissists, zero empathy for the impact of others. And narcissist and sociopaths relationships are not about uh, deep love and connection and caring. They're about dominance and control. Do they sometimes mask it with making their partner think that that is love and care? Yeah, because I have a very, very best friend who just went through the most awful breakup with someone who just, yeah, basically sounded like just like what you said and was living this double life. And then she only caught him because like, yeah, she 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 caught him basically. And then he just never, ever spoke to her ever again, despite he was caught in the wrong. He had hurt her so badly. And they were talking about marriage and babies and just no remorse. And, but it was, she it was so hard for her to understand because it was like the whole way through the relationship, Yes, there were signs of control and dominance, actually, when she, like, was able to look back. Mm -hmm. But without that self-awareness and during it, it was just, like, love. And he just did everything right. And he just said everything right. And Mm -hmm. even her mom was like, this is too good to be true. So is that kind of how it works? Like, sometimes you don't realize it until it's, like, too late, maybe. Oh, yeah. There's so much manipulation happening. You know, it's confusing. And, you know, these are the types of people that love bomb you in the beginning they come on so strong. They're so, they appear to be so loving. They there's, you get so much validation and attention, but over time things start to shift. Wow. Yeah. Love bombing is a very new terminology, isn't it? Like I just didn't even really knew what it meant. So is that what, what it is, is when they come on very quickly and they do, you know, it's very intense very quickly and they like you so much and they tell you how much they like you and they show you how much they like you. Yeah, buy you gifts, give you know, shower you with attention. It's the easy stuff. Attention and words are so easy, but you need to be watching somebody's behavior over time and how their words and behavior match up over time. Mm. That is the only way to really know who somebody is. You know, some people say it's the words, some people say it's the behavior. He says he doesn't want a relationship, but he spends all his time with me. So I'm a okay with that. And so, you know, the other way would be, well, he says he loves me and he's sorry, you know, but then the behavior doesn't show that. In reality, you need both. You need like integrity means your words match your behavior. So why do people cheat in this first umbrella that there's a character issue? This person has probably cheated before and will cheat again. And so I want to talk about the traits of serial cheaters so that 
you know, anybody listening to this can be aware of these particular signs, warning signs, character features of anybody that they may meet in the future or maybe are already in a relationship with or just started dating. Uh, Serial cheaters downplay the seriousness of cheating. You'll find that if they're talking about cheating or someone else cheating, you know, they'll downplay it, they'll minimize it. Um, Serial cheaters get bored with monogamy. They cannot be with one partner. And again, like if it's a character issue, there's no intimacy. Sociopaths, narcissists, they don't do intimacy. They don't build deep emotional connections. It's all about the, you know, the words and the presentation and the charming and the very superficial nature of a relationship, the sex, the attraction, the chemistry. It never gets to a deeper level. That's super interesting. I mean, I feel like is is there a fine line here to draw between the fact that yes, you can not be interested in monogamy and be interested in, you know, an ethically non-monogamous relationship or polyamory or whatever, and that doesn't mean you're gonna be a serial cheater because you don't display those characteristics. It's just that your preferences in terms of the way you date and connect with people are yeah. maybe different so, so you can be non-monogamous and not hold these characteristics correct absolutely like people yeah. who practice non-monogamy are you know they can be high integrity because they're open about it they're honest about it they communicate about it yeah and actually that is something that we'll do another episode on on non-monogamy at some point because I think it's something we're seeing a lot more of and I've seen a couple of friends in open relationships who have flourished and they say mm. that the reason they have flourished is throughout is been based on integrity and communication. So that's yeah. interesting that with the sociopath and with the narcissist, that is missing and the deeper intimacy is missing and the actual like emotional connection. Okay, I've got it. So serial cheaters, listen how they talk about other people, especially exes, because other people and exes are always the problem or they're crazy. Mm. And so serial cheaters lack self-awareness and they lack personal accountability. They don't take responsibility for their behavior. That's super interesting. Yeah, I had a boyfriend like that once. He just badmouthed all of his ex-girlfriends. And then I spent way too long with him, like many, many, many years. But I was young, so I would be forgiven. Um, and then one day I met, um, we were all in a nightclub. And I had broken up with him by this point. And so I was there, he was there, and his other ex-girlfriend was there. And it was like his worst nightmare his two ex-girlfriends reunited in a nightclub where we were all drunk and he was just like in that moment he was just like oh my goodness and we bonded over the fact that this man is is horrible he's awful he treated us so badly but he both told the other one that we were the awful crazy people and I was like take that (laughs) oh my god I have a very similar story I'm, I'm to this day really good friends I dated a sociopath back in my late 20s who cheated on me And when he cheated on me, of course, he was telling me how much he loved me and he had never done that before. And I contacted his ex and I knew who she was because he badmouthed her all the time. I emailed her and told her who I was and asked, like, is this typical behavior for him? Has he cheated before? And I told him that I had emailed her. And when I told him, like all the blood drained from his face and she emailed me back and he he made me promise because I was considering taking him back. You know, this was before I had learned a lot of the lessons I needed to learn. And he he made me promise that I would not read an email from her if I got it back. And I lied and said, sure. But she emailed me back the next morning and was basically like, you know, I've been thinking about you. I heard he was dating someone new. Trust your gut. This guy is dangerous. He cheated on me multiple times. Get away. And so I broke up with him and she and I met for a drink. 
drink and, you know, we're still friends to this day. Oh, no way. <laughs> That's yeah. so nice. Yeah. That's so. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So they talk, about, they talk about exes and say that they are the problem. Oh yeah. Always. They sometimes admit to cheating in previous relationships and they'll always have an excuse for it. Right. They'll always have a justifiable reason. It was the ex's fault or it was a bad relationship or whatever, but you know that they've cheated before. They're deceptive. So you catch them in other lies. They are not transparent. They don't tell you what they're doing. They're not, you know, they lie about things. Or if they say they're going to be somewhere at a certain time, they're not. If they say they're going to call you, they're not. So they lack consistency and follow through. These are key things to look for. They're flaky and inconsistent. They lack empathy or remorse. And again, what that is going to show up as is if you bring up something in the relationship that you're upset about, or you bring up a feeling, they're going to minimize it. They're going to get defensive. They're not really interested in in your experience of the relationship or of them, they're not interested in your feelings or your perspective. Mm, that's really interesting. So for anyone listening, I'm not saying that Teddy from Love Island is on this spectrum at all, but Dr. Terry and I recorded episode eight of Open House was discussing all things conflict and toxic conflict and how in a situation that recently happened on Love Island, uh, the male part of the relationship very much like downplayed minimized the experience and there really was no remorse or empathy um so if you guys are interested in that and and more of the communication and conflict styles within your relationship then be sure to head over to that episode yeah they're very much related and then the last one i already mentioned which is a lack of accountability I did that as well. He didn't take accountability on Love Island. He never said like, yeah, I did this. I'm sorry. I I really can understand how this made you feel. He didn't do that. No. And so again, these are all parts of these character issues, narcissism or sociopathy. Again, they don't have to have the full-blown criteria, but these features are features of serial cheaters. They're not going to change. And like I said, in the next episode, you and I are going to record, we're going to talk about if someone's cheated and you're debating whether to give them another chance, there are things you need to pay attention to and look out for. Yeah, 100%. That is so interesting. Thank you. I feel like any woman or man dating in today's age should have these kind of like red flags. I feel like we would be able to save people so much pain and discomfort if they were just aware of them. So thank you for that. What's next? Yeah. So why people cheat, it's either a character issue like we just talked about, or it could be a self-esteem issue for people who still have a lot of healing to do based on childhood stuff. They look to other people to fill them up, to feel okay about themselves. A relationship can't do that all the time, right? A healthy relationship is not a mechanism for you to be fed constantly. You need to learn how to feed yourself. And if you haven't learned how to do that, oftentimes we look to other people, even if we love someone, we look to other people to get these old wounds, these unmet needs met. I feel like there's a lot to say here. So after we go through all of the traits of a cheetah, um, we're going to talk about my experience. But one thing that really struck me with the self-esteem is that um, outside of the sphere of cheating, I definitely see so many women across the years before they've done their healing work, sleeping with people, whether that is they're being unfaithful or whether they're single as a result of these issues around self-esteem and validation. So we'll definitely come on to that because I think it's I think it's something that actually pervades society today and is a real issue. But until you start your healing journey, 
you don't even realize that you're holding these wounds around self-esteem. Like if someone a decade ago or even five years ago, maybe even two years ago, if someone had told me like, oh, you have issues with self-esteem, I was in such a counter-attack mindset that I do everything I can to not feel those feelings of self-esteem. I I wouldn't have even taken you seriously. So I'm looking forward to talking about that further. Yeah. And I think Cardi B we could talk about Cardi B too, because she has this like the strong personality, like, you know, I have great self-esteem and I know I'm hot and, and that isn't what self-esteem is at all. So I think a lot of people don't even understand what like real self-esteem is or what it feels like. Right. Yes. Yeah. So Cardi B recently, actually, there was a quote that was out there on the internet and she was basically saying like, I know I'm hot. I know I'm a bad bitch. Like, I know I don't need no man. Sometimes I just miss. And then like this slew of like expletives around, like she missed all the things they did in the bedroom together. And it was just so interesting because it felt like her persona is this bad bitch. All of her, all of her music, everything. Her whole persona is, is a bad bitch. And even I through the computer could read it and think you're not being true to yourself here. There are major, major issues about yourself. Like this bad bitch, personality doesn't cover up the fact that like deep down you have major wounds here and you are just taking someone back it's the big bravado around it is just not real self-esteem is it no and I don't think she knows that just like you were saying right before the pre-awareness before we start to really look at ourselves and try to understand ourselves we feel like no I love myself I you know, I think I'm hot. I think I'm attractive. I like myself, but then we continue. And we're going to talk about this in our episode, the next episode we do, we continue to replay these patterns that don't honor us. We continue to put up with bad behavior, make excuses for bad behavior. And it's all linked to our self-esteem. Yes. And vice versa. Like on the flip side, I feel like when I was younger, like there were times when I genuinely felt I'm just a cheater. I'm going to just be a cheater forever. And I I really don't want to be like, I don't want to be this person. And I, I don't want to do this to my partner. Yes, I was young. Yes, your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25. Yes, I hadn't done any healing work. I was worried. Like I didn't like being that that version of me. But now I'm sober and I've done so much healing work, so much therapy. I truly feel like so much more confident in the fact that I'm not going to be unfaithful in a relationship because I've done so much self-work and that self-esteem wound. Yes, I still grapple with it, but it is not the wound that it was before. So I think that, you know, if you go deep into it, you can heal it, but it takes work. And a lot of people don't even know that there needs to be that work done. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Exactly. And I love that example you gave because the behavior you were doing was out of alignment with who you knew you really were or wanted to be. Like it didn't feel right. It didn't feel aligned, but yet you kept doing the behavior. Yeah, it felt so bad. Like the behavior felt so bad. Like the guilt and the shame that I lived with from doing it. And I just couldn't understand why I kept doing it because I knew it wasn't worth it. But now I understand looking back, like I just had such a need for external validation from other people I just didn't feel good enough about myself I didn't love myself I didn't think I was pretty or beautiful you know any of these things 
And of course, when you don't feel that, like you're going to look outside of yourself for that validation. So you're right. Going deep into it is like the only way that you can go through it and sort of come out the other side. Otherwise, you will just keep repeating those cycles. Yeah, you will, because you can't get anything externally. Nothing externally is going to last very long. It's a quick Mm -hmm. fix, but you're going to be constantly in search of it until you learn how to give it to yourself. Love that. Okay, so the final thing, one of the main reasons behind why people cheat. Oh no, there's two more. Two more, yeah, two more. So the third one, the third reason people cheat is opportunity. And if you think about some, you know, people, celebrities, people in the public eye, like Offset, he's got tons of opportunities to cheat. Women are probably throwing themselves at him. And so it could be in terms of that, like somebody who has lots of opportunity all the time, or it could just be, you know, there's somebody, a new person at work that you have a lot of attraction to and you end up cheating. There's a saying, like, if you go into a barber shop long enough, you're going to get a haircut, (laughs) right? So... It's about yeah. that, is, that is funny because actually a lot of so Love Island UK just finished here last week and a lot of people are saying that actually as soon as the couples go into the real world they do not trust the men again don't want to gender stereotype but the discussion is around the men that they are young you know their brains they are sub 25 their brains haven't developed fully yet they have never been thrown into the limelight like this that they are just going to be so overwhelmed with opportunity, thousands of women in their DMs, that it will be interesting to see what happens. And I just never thought of it like that. It just was such a hopeless romantic. And I was so happy that they were all so happy. And then when I thought about it, and then you mentioned opportunity, you're right, opportunity, that makes total sense. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be wrong here, but for me, when I was younger, I felt like the opportunity often arose because I was out drinking. So, for example, I would never have cheated on my partner when I was sober. I just wouldn't have done it. But the second that I was really, really wasted and I didn't have control over anything, really, not that it's an excuse, but I really just didn't. That was when I would shift into this territory. And I guess that maybe ties into the opportunity thing as if it's there. And yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned alcohol because, you know, alcohol inhibits our behavior and our thinking. It impairs our judgment. And so we make a lot of bad decisions when we're drinking or we make a lot of decisions that are not real in a, really in alignment with our true self. And so, you know, I think you asked me off camera, like, is alcohol a like a valid excuse for cheating? Like, oh, I was drunk or I was drinking. And it really is not. Because if somebody put themselves in that situation once, they're likely to do it again. doesn't matter if you cheated when you were drinking or you cheated when you were sober. If you're likely to drink again, then you've got the same risk factors. Yeah, that's super interesting because I reckon that for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I was drunk. I won't do it again. And then what are you going to do? Because you keep going out and then the partner's just going to be constantly worried. And yeah, that's super, super interesting that that is not an excuse. You're right. So moving on to the last reason that people cheat, the fourth reason is immature coping or communication or relationship skills. So essentially what that means is when there's an issue in the relationship, when we're dissatisfied in a relationship, we look outside of the relationship to make ourselves feel better, right? And we do that because we don't have grown up communication skills. We don't have grown up coping skills or grown up relationship skills. 
So cheating is never going to solve a relationship issue. And if we're immature in our thinking and our coping, we're thinking very short term and like instant gratification versus is this going to damage my relationship or is this going to help my relationship? Mm, that's so interesting because I also feel like for me, you know, we were so young. I was 17. And I actually genuinely would say that it wasn't until I turned 30 that I entered into a relationship that was conscious, communicative, mature. And so I look back at, at, at younger relationships and I just think, of course, I ended up in these awful situations because like we never spoke about anything. We never, we never communicated. Like, isn't that wild that we can be in these relationships where we just like don't communicate? And I think that I had, this was the love of my life. Like my first love, the pers- first person I had ever slept with. And we loved each other so much, you know, first love as it, as it often is, but we couldn't imagine not being together. So we agreed to go to the same university and we went into the same halls and that's like a college for American people. And, you know, you have to plan this two years ahead. So we got our space at university, college. And by that point, we've been together for like two and a half years. And I think that relationship was done. It was the most amazing foray into a relationship and love. I knew that in two years time, he was still going to be a hundred meters down the hall from me in university no wonder I felt so trapped. And I don't think it's so much that I was looking to externally solve the issue because I genuinely didn't feel like there was a way that this issue could be solved. Like there, there really wasn't. But looking back, the way the issue could have been solved was through having a mature, grown-up discussion to say that I love you. This has been the most amazing experience with you, but I think we now need to go our own ways. But I was so young, I couldn't even fathom having to go on the rest of that journey with someone in such close proximity had never gone through a breakup before. I just didn't have any kind of skills. You did the best you could with what you knew and what you had at the time. It was pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But again, that's why, you know, like if we're in our thirties, forties, we need to be very aware of the type of partners that we're choosing because we need mature grown up people. (laughs) Otherwise, you know, they could be good people at heart, but just hurt us because they don't have the skills. They don't have the emotional maturity. And they're not working on themselves, you know, is offset in therapy. Is he doing any work on whatever? Of course he's not. Of course he's not. They're too busy buying each other Bentleys and like having sex on the passenger seat. Like that's, you know, and recording it for Instagram. Like that's literally their life. Like they don't care about self-work or they're maybe not thinking about their poor child that's been born into this like chaotic marriage. They're just- Yeah, and this will continue to happen, 100%. He will continue to cheat and maybe she'll leave him at some point and maybe she won't. Yeah. This is what she's signing up for. Yeah. And he knows he can get away with it. That's another thing, isn't it? And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in our next episode. Okay, so I've heard that there are four things that increase the likelihood of infidelity in a relationship. I thought this was really, really interesting. I'm going to share them with you and everyone listening and ask if you have any thoughts on them. I read a study that said that they found that partnerships that were characterized by dissatisfaction, unfulfilling sex, high conflict and the more dissimilar that partners are actually led to like an increased likelihood of infidelity do you think that that's true I mean I'm sure it is because it's a research study but do you have any anything to add on to that yeah I think all of that is true and again like I think these reasons apply if there's not a characterological 
right? Yeah. Like this may be just two people where this is the first time infidelities happened. I don't know the study, but that's probably the circumstances. And yeah, I mean, and it speaks to what we've already talked about, right? Like immaturity, immature coping and communication, you know, the dissatisfaction. What does that mean? How are you talking about it? Is it, are you working to resolve it? Are you working together as a couple? Probably not. We haven't talked about sex because, you know, sex is a reason that people cheat. I think more so for men than women. Not that we're not sexual beings, but sex is often linked to emotions for us. So there's usually an underlying need there. Whereas men, sometimes it's just about getting off and having sex, you know? Yeah, that is so interesting. And I think tying it back to my personal experience is that when I, when I, whenever I cheated on my boyfriend, I wasn't doing it for that. Like I was doing it for the emotional feelings that came with it or the emotional connection where as this morning I was talking to someone about exactly this and he just said that um he just wouldn't you know it's just the way that men are unfortunately and he just has a lot of friends that he wouldn't trust in specific situations because they just feel to be so hardwired and I hate that because I feel like it almost gives men an excuse they also understand that it is biological you know they have derived from these hunter-gatherers that were meant to go out there and sow their seed to like keep everyone alive. Well, I mean, yeah, there's evolutionary reasons why men tend to have more sexual partners or have like are more about the release and just the sex versus the emotions. But if you're a man who is in a committed relationship, then you've got to, if you want to be a man of integrity, then you're going to have to understand that you're going to have to say no to sex with other people (laughs) or don't get into monogamous relationships, right? Like figure out what's aligned for you and then do that, but don't hurt other people. Just so funny when you say it like that, like it's just so obvious. Just the the bottom line is just do not have sexual relations with (laughs) another person. But a lot of people just find that so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, and if you, and again, like if you're somebody in a relationship who cheats and your partner takes you back, well, then you've been given a green light, essentially, you know, they're probably going to put up with you cheating. And again, we'll talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, that is really interesting. And actually on that point, I've got a lot of questions. Obviously everyone knows I'm obsessed with how things start in childhood and someone this week was like, oh, you're very Freudian, aren't you? And I was like, no, that's, that's not like, I'm not that at all. I just really truly believe that we're shaped by our childhood experiences, our family unit, et cetera, et cetera. I read a quote somewhere from Cardi B basically saying like, she grew up in a family where her father had so many kids and the way that she quoted that it wasn't that he had so many kids by you know, the same mother. And Mm -hmm. part of that got me thinking, you know, to what extent does our relationship or does one person's relationship with cheating stem back? Actually, I've got a story here. So I I dated this French guy and his mum cheated on his dad as a child, poor thing, and, and he was aware of it. And I just always thought that as a result of that, he would not repeat those cycles but as he was older and when I met him and, you know, I very quickly decided I'm not going to date this person. Like there's major red flags all over the place. He really actually seemed to be un- unfaithful quite frequently and also seemed to like almost hate women. It's such an awful thing to say, but he had this trait about him that felt so angry towards women. So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on, yeah, the, the tie back to childhood and like what happens if our parents 
have been involved in it and if there's anything to talk about there. Oh yeah, there's lots to talk about there. I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm a psychologist, so I believe everything starts in childhood, right? Like our templates of love start in childhood. We learn about who we are. We learn about who, who other people are. We learn about the world based on what we're taught and what we see and what we experience in childhood. So in the case of your friend, it could go a number of different ways. He could become the cheater. He could date women who cheat. Until we do our own work and our own healing, we're going to keep playing out certain cycles. We're going to keep employing our childhood protective strategies. And his protective strategy was to believe that women are bitches and women can't be trusted and women are evil because that probably helped him protect his heart. You know, the, the woman that he trusted the most hurt his dad, which you know, also hurt him as a child. He couldn't trust this woman who was supposed to be the most trustworthy woman in his life. So he became cold and angry as a protection. That's amazing. And I think as like a final point here, maybe to wrap up on, um, when I cheated on my first ever boyfriend and everything came crashing down and I, you know, still to this day, like say ruined his life. Like it really was like that traumatic. I lived with that for such a long time he started to cheat on his next partner and his next partner and I just felt so incredibly responsible that maybe I had triggered this like protective mechanism from him and then I was just telling you before we we did this episode I was going through therapy and I just when I met him he had another girlfriend and I don't think he cheated on her with me like I don't really remember this was literally like 14 years ago but there was a very blurry line there and just in that moment I I had that realization that all this shame and punishment and guilt that I had put on myself that I carried that I still carry today obviously to a lesser extent actually maybe these were already his own mechanisms, learned mechanisms, protective mechanisms playing out. And so I just think what you said there is so fascinating for me. Yeah. These patterns start way before our adult relationships usually. Wow. So if you are, you know, someone that might have been unfaithful or are being unfaithful or with someone that's been unfaithful or is being unfaithful, your advice would be to obviously get into therapy, but to look back Yeah. Look back. What are your beliefs about love? What are your beliefs about your ability to trust someone? What are your beliefs about relationships and what were your models? Mm. What did you see? I mean, there's, again, this is what the self-work is. It's really becoming curious about what you learned about emotions, what you learned about yourself, what strategies you used to calm yourself or feel safe and loved when there were scary or frustrating things happening as a kid and likely you're still using those are they working for you oh wow yeah so we are gonna have to do a workshop on that at some point as well so for everyone that's been listening we will be launching a whole host of awesome workshops in the coming few months so do stay tuned for that I think that that's definitely something that we need to dig into is yeah. What what does love mean to you? What did you learn about love way before you became an adult that made actions and decisions that have ramifications that I guess distract you from what really love means to you and 
that's really interesting because I think so much of the time we look at the the end action, the end result, the collateral damage without actually ever looking back and thinking, where did this start? Yeah. And I think, you know, bringing it full circle back to Cardi B and Offset, if we looked back at Cardi B's childhood and you already alluded to her father potentially having multiple baby mamas and perhaps there's cheating involved in that too, this is what she knows. This is what love is. This is just something you have to accept if you're going to be in a relationship. My guess is she has these old beliefs that keep her very limited in terms of what she believes she can expect from a relationship, from a man, from love. So this is what she's getting. We settle for what we think we deserve. We settle for what we think is possible, right? Yeah. And that is one of my favorite quotes is we accept the love we think that we deserve. Yeah. When I look around me at people that are accepting less than, I just wish that they could know that they can change this. And it really is actually coming from within them, not from the other person. Well, obviously it is from some aspect to do with the other person as well. That was amazing. That was a mic drop moment from you there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Louise. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Yes, it feels so good to do this with you and everyone listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and share this to your story and tag both of us if you enjoyed it so we can spread the message of this at-home healing and therapy for as many people as possible. Wow, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I loved it. Before we go, I just wanted to let you know that Dr. Tari and I have decided that for some people who aren't quite ready to jump into one-on-one therapy or couples therapy just yet, then a relationship reading is the perfect place to start. Working with Dr. Tari in this one-on-one session, she will help you to identify your unconscious attraction, your relationship blind spots, exactly what your personal work looks like, whether you're single or in a relationship, and which outdated coping and protective strategies you are still using that push love away instead of allowing it to grow. If this sounds like something you're interested in, DM Dr. Tari or head to her website at Dr. Terry Mack, that is D-R-T-A-R-I-M-A-C-K.com. And just mention me, Louise Rumble, or Open House to get your discount on a session that might just change your life. Stay tuned for a whole array of different workshops, courses, and live sessions under Open House, as we have so much that we want to bring to you in case you cannot get inside a therapy room. Until then, lots of love. Hello, I'm Mark. And I'm Bethan. And we're the hosts of Seeing Red. We deliver intriguing, terrifying and dumbfounding true crime stories each and every week. With a focus on cases from the UK, we do occasionally venture overseas. We've covered everything from the mysterious death of professional footballer Emiliano Sala to the attempted murder of Victoria Sillias, a woman who fell from the sky and lived to tell the tale. Binge our bulging back catalogue and join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red.